Greetings, friends and family. And due to um, some travel and some illness, I was not able to record the sermon that we uh, looked at last week, the week of December the 10th. So here it is, um, December the 10th, weekend of December the 10th. We, of course, are in the Gospel of Mark. This would have been the second Sunday of Advent, um, looking at chapter 2, 22 through 28 of the Gospel of Mark. How do we know if we're following Jesus in a relationship or just following religious rules and traditions? Can we be loving Jesus one day and over the years love love good things, church, tradition, religious tradition, our own spiritual habits, but slowly we seem to love them more than we love him. Is it possible to be a person who's committed to church, to trying to obey the Ten Commandments, if you will, and being a nice person, and miss Jesus completely? The answer is absolutely. And so today we're going to see Jesus take this opportunity to teach a very valuable lesson about following him. We're going to learn, we're going, of course, through the Gospel of Mark. We're learning what it means to be a follower of Christ. And we're learning, as equally important, what it doesn't mean. We're we're learning about who it is that we're following and how following Christ impacts our lives every day. So we dive into God's Word and we look at this. On, On one Sabbath, one Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. Let's set the stage for what's about to happen here. During the time of Jesus, it's very normal for pathways to crisscross fields. So travelers walk through crops routinely. You know, roads are very scarce, especially in rural places. So travel usually took place on paths that were stretched from one town to the next, passing through fields, pastures. And as people would travel, you'd walk alongside crops that lined both sides of the path. And so in light of this, God gave a provision for his people. According to Deuteronomy 23, when you enter your neighbor's field of grain, you may pluck the heads of grain with your hand, but you must not harvest it with a sickle. So to harvest someone else's grain with a sickle is not permitted. That's that you're taking too much. But to pluck Some heads of grain while walking beside a ripened field of wheat or barley is a provision. It's made by God himself for travelers. It's an easy and a natural way to bless people on their journey. So Jesus' disciples were doing exactly what the Old Testament permitted them to do. When they picked off the heads of grain, they rubbed the heads in their hands to remove the husk and the shell. Then they would eat the kernel. Their actions perfectly allowable within the purposes of God, but not in the minds of the religious peoples, but the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Now, let me remind us that Jesus and his followers had not broken any biblical laws. The Bible talks about keeping the Sabbath day holy. For Pharisees, they wanted to make sure that they did this. And over the centuries, they developed many religious rules that would guide them on how to keep the Sabbath day holy. What happened was that they began placing more and more authority and emphasis on their rules, guidelines, and traditions than on caring and loving people. They elevated their own man-made tradition over Scripture. That's supported by Matthew 15, 3-6, by the way. They established themselves as the authority over Sabbath day observances, taking the rightful position of the only true Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus. But Jesus is about to make this clear. 
By the Pharisee standards, the disciples were guilty of several forbidden actions. They were reaping, picking the grain, sifting, removing the husk and cells, shell, threshing by rubbing the heads of grain, winnowing by throwing the chaff in the air, and preparing a meal by eating the grain after they had cleaned it. None of those activities were permitted on the Sabbath, according to the Pharisees. Not concerned about the hunger or well-being of Jesus' disciples, the Pharisees' only interest was protecting the petty regulations that made up their system of external religion. They followed Jesus to scrutinize his behavior, solely to find something which they could find him guilty for. Their heart and their attitude behind their heart and this question was one of hatred towards Jesus, because he and his followers lived in such an open defiance of their system of religion in which the Sabbath to them is central. So Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry and went into the house of God during the days when Abathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests were allowed to eat? He also gave some to his companions. Obviously, the Pharisees read the story about David. They knew it. But Jesus's words highlighted the fact that even though they knew the facts of the story, they were ignorant to its meaning. So he responded to their question with his own. Haven't you ever read the scriptures? <laughs> the account which Jesus referred to is in 1 Samuel 21, verse 1 through 6. And Jesus's point was that showing compassion in God's sight always trumps strict adherence to ritual, to ceremony. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Let's talk about the Sabbath for a moment. In, in Genesis, we're told that God created everything in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. Now, it's not because he was tired or needed a break. He's God. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He never gets tired. No, it, it wasn't for, I'm tired. He, he took a break to celebrate his creation. And the Bible gives us several, but we're going to look at three purposes of the Sabbath. First of all, it's to celebrate God's provision. The idea of a Sabbath started back in Genesis. God creates everything, six days, and then he stops to celebrate what he had done and accomplished. This, this day of celebration, this seventh day, has come to be known as the Sabbath day. God created everything. He, he has provided everything we'll need. Creation and all that we needed was complete. So the Sabbath day was to celebrate God's provision, generally and personally. It was a day of rest to reflect on what God has done. Another purpose is to enjoy God's presence. Later, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, and commandment number four deals with the Sabbath. Within that commandment, God says things like, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, and dedicated that day to the Lord your God, Exodus 20. God goes on to say not to do any work and, and to rest. He's not talking about being lazy or unproductive, but to stop our normal routine of the week, to slow down, and to enjoy God's presence without trying to accomplish everything possible that day. A third purpose was to remember God's promises. Later, God gave Moses some more instructions about the Sabbath. He says, Be careful to keep my Sabbath day, for the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation. It is given so that you may know that I am the Lord, which makes you holy. 
It was a day to be reminded that God still cares. He's committed to his people. And it served as a sign and testimony to others to who was, in fact, their God. So Jesus says, hey, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. People need to celebrate the provision of God. They need to be reminded that there is a creator who created everything and provides all good things. People need to enjoy God's presence. Slow down. Rest. Relax in their relationship with God. People need to remember God's promises and that he keeps his promises and that he committed to them and that his grace is greater than than our sin. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. But the Pharisees come along and over time and tradition ruin that. They think that people should serve the Sabbath rather than the Sabbath serving them. So Jesus says, hey, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. The Pharisees come along and take something that's supposed to be a blessing to people, and they actually make it a burden. And they're thinking they created 39 categories they believed to be work and violation of the Sabbath. The 39 categories would include things carrying, burning, extinguishing, finishing, writing, erasing, cooking, washing, sewing, tearing, knotting, untying, shaping, plowing, planting, reaping, harvesting, threshing, winnowing, selecting, sifting, grinding, kneading, combing, spinning, dyeing, chain stitching, warping, waving, unraveling, building, demolishing, trapping, shearing, slaughtering, skinning, tanning, smoothing, and marking. Just to name a couple. They believed and felt that it was their obligation to enforce these religious rules on people. Now, I know that sounds funny and sad at the same time, but there are well-meaning believers, we all do it to some degree, who do something similar today when it comes to Sunday. You know, we have our set of religious rules regarding what's appropriate and not appropriate on Sunday. You know, for example, some have rules for shopping, for working, restaurants, television, entertainment, travel, work around the house, work in the house, and so on. You know, we'll hear things like, hey, you can't watch TV on Sunday, or you can't play sports on Sundays, or you shouldn't go to a restaurant on a Sunday, you shouldn't shop on a Sunday, you shouldn't travel, you shouldn't work on a Sunday, you shouldn't wear certain clothes on a Sunday. The list goes on and on. And I know that sounds strange, but hey, this is what the Pharisees were doing. And they would try to enforce it on others. They would use shame and guilt and embarrassment to force people to follow their religious rules. And in some cases, they could have you placed in jail. They saw themselves as the authority and the Lord's, lowercase l, over the Sabbath. And when you and I approach Sunday with religious rules and regulations, and we try to enforce them on others, we have just become the Lord of the Sabbath or the Lord of Sunday. We are doing exactly what the Pharisees were doing. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Verse 28, Jesus comes along, blows the whole system up. He's telling them a couple things here. He's saying, hey, I'm the creator of the Sabbath. I'm Lord over it because I made it. Everything was made by him, through him, and for him. The God who created everything in Genesis was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus created the Sabbath. He is the Lord, he is the boss, he is the El Jefe, over it. He can do whatever he wants regarding the Sabbath. He is going to be the one who makes all the rules, if in fact there are any. He is saying, I am the fulfillment of the Sabbath. The, the Old Testament Sabbath, like all of the Old Testament ceremonies, 
pointed to something more wonderful, to Jesus. The Bible says that the Sabbath gave, gave, God gave to his people, it's, it's a shadow that pointed toward the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's take a look at Colossians 2.16. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. That's, that's Colossians 2, 16 through 17. So what was the Old Testament Sabbath? It was a shadow of the reality yet to come. And what does the Bible mean by shadow? A shadow, well, it has no reality. The reality is what makes the shadow. For example, if a light were behind me casting my shadow on a wall and Amy and all the kids came up to the shadow and began to talk to it, to try to hug it, well, they're only grasping my shadow, not, not me. The shadow is not me. We, we have this dog, Chief, and, and have you ever seen dogs chasing the shadow of a bird flying overhead? You know, one day Chief looked up and he noticed like, uh, you know, I think he's the only dog to ever do this. He looked up and saw birds, his whole mind blown right there in an instant. And I don't know if bird, or excuse me, if chief could, could rationalize that, oh, that thing up there is really this making this image down here, but that's the reality. It's a good illustration of people who are still trying to keep the Old Testament covenant Sabbath, chasing shadows. While the reality, the body of the whole matter, is passing them by. The reality is Jesus. It's always Jesus. The Old Testament covenant, Sabbath, is only the shadow on the ground that points to the reality up above, to Christ. And some of us who are so caught up in keeping all the quote-unquote rules of the Sabbath miss the ruler of the Sabbath. We miss the whole point to reflect and to think about Jesus. This is what happened to the Pharisees. The Old Testament Sabbath is a picture of Jesus, and it points to Jesus. It's a shadow of things that were to come. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, and he is the fulfillment and the reality of it. And he is saying to them, I am the focus of the Sabbath. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. He's saying, I'm the focus. When we read the scripture, when we listen to a sermon, it's, it's about hearing from Jesus. When we sing songs, praise songs, or hymns, it's not about singing. It's about worshiping Jesus. When we, when we tithe or we give an offering, it's not about paying the church's bills. It's about honoring Jesus with the things that he's given us. It's his anyway. He is the focus. In the Old Testament, the Sabbath was about a specific day. But in the New Testament, it's about a specific person. In the Old Testament, it's about resting from work. In the New Testament, it's about resting in Jesus. There's a big difference. In the Old Testament, it's about rules to follow. the New Testament, it's about a relationship and taking some time to enjoy that relationship and putting things down that can wait. So when we talk about Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath, we're talking about having a relationship with Jesus that brings spiritual rest, spiritual freedom. When Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, this is what he's talking about. So let's stop trying to follow religious rules in our mind. Let's start putting, let's, let's quit putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. And let's start following Jesus. If our spiritual life feels like we're following religious rules, 
then that's probably what we're doing. But when we follow Christ, his burden is always light. Amen. And God bless.